Hello, welcome to Trophy TV. It is the final where Sheffield United 2, Everton 2. The Blues have scored their first Premier League goals of the season. Uh, they still also haven't won a game of football yet in the no, Premier League. No, well, that's Which is the downside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And myself are going to go through it. Um, yeah, I, I come away from it frustrated. Uh, I know we could have lost it at the end and Pickford made a really good save double save mm. but I just felt there was an opportunity there for the three points and ultimately Jack we were unable to take them yeah it feels like two points dropped doesn't it because it was a winnable game not just on paper before the game but the actual context of the game itself it was we were in a position where we absolutely could have and probably should have won we obviously didn't so in a scenario like that it's hard not to be frustrated isn't it because you're mm. always thinking about what could have been what should have happened in certain passages of play yeah that's it, isn't it? I mean, Ped, I know you were very disappointed on Saturday and a little critical of of the way we were. Are you? Are you? Is it just becoming? Is the frustration because it's be, it's become a recurring theme in three of the four games? The Villa game, we can they yeah. destroyed us and they deserve to win, but the other three, I feel like we. We should have so many more points. I think, what do you think? Do you know what? I think my criticism, certainly from Saturday, is it's the standard. It's the standards. It's not about, to me, for me, but I don't want to go over. I'm not going overboard about it by any means. But I just think we play like a standard where I, I honestly thought the man, this manager was going to have us, you know, kicking every ball and, and like, you know, leaving it all out there. I, I know, I'll be honest. Certainly in the first half on Wednesday night and the first half against Sheffield United, I just see players just walking around and like do, putting the leg up to you know stop across. It's like players just mosey around like 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 there's nothing on the game. I, it really annoys me. Like I, I can I can forgive not 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 having brilliant players. Mm. I can forgive that because I understand where the club are. I'm not stupid enough to think that. We should be playing at this massively high level, or the football should be amazing. But I, 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 I just feel like there's a, there's become a an acceptance of, oh yeah, well, it, it, there's there's an excuse for every player. Like mm. if you like a player, you can excuse him because, well, why didn't he do that thing? Oh, because of this. And it's like, I thought the manager would have like standards where he'd expected players to like literally run themselves into the ground to make sure they were putting they were making sure the, everything got done and, and i'm not saying that's every player by the way mm. but i think there is an acceptance that you can just you can just do the do bits rather than absolutely doing everything you can to make sure a goal doesn't go in because people score against us so easily it's it's not even hard to score against everton mm. Jack, I mean, how do you view that? Is that, a, is that frustration there for you as well? Is that element of surprise there for you that maybe you don't work harder? Or do you put that more down to it's just the players we've got? Because I think you can make you can make any type of player work hard, really, if you if you can get the points across. Yeah, to be honest, I'm looking at this team and it doesn't look quite what I thought a Sean Dyche team would look like. Mm. You know, Sean Dyche's bread and butter in the Premier League with Burnley has been, you know, tight, compact, 
honest and hard work and then you know the technical ability might not be there but the work as hard as anyone and they're going to be tough to break down mm. every player knows their role to a tee they know what they've been told to do and they're going to work as hard as they can to do it and i'm not really seeing that in this team and the thing for me which worries me is the repeated mistakes you know the ones that seem to follow a pattern where it looks like they're not having it coached out of them mm. but even worse that the mistakes they're making are part of um, the requirements of the tactical setup they're trying to fulfill the tactical needs of this team and it's forcing them to make mistakes repeatedly and it, it's not working and it's not being changed and that for me is the worrying part and it, it's not what i expected from sean dice definitely yeah i mean in terms of the game we obviously we had the we had the seven subs rather than nine and two goalkeepers um which again a lot of people have questioned the activity on Friday or lack of activity from Everton and players going out but it is what it is and we have to get on with that I thought we started the game positively Sheffield United were struggling to get out of their penalty area right? mm. not even their own half yeah, in the yeah. opening five or ten minutes and Everton kind of were in control for that up until they scored the goal I mean we got in front we should have had a penalty you know I, I don't know what VAR is for anymore. I really don't. If that isn't the you no know, better shoot and the lad puts his arm here and it hits his arm, that isn't a natural position. Not here. His arm is right out and it hits the top of his arm and goes out for a corner. Now, Everton scored from the corner, which, in my opinion, got the officials out the, the crap a little bit, but that was a penalty and there's this thing where it's, it's almost like VAR isn't there for the right reasons if mm. that makes sense var should be there to get the right decision shouldn't be whether it's an obvious error by the referee an obvious mistake so they looked at that on saturday and thought that wasn't a penalty because it wasn't a clear and obvious error mm. by the referee yeah okay the referees sometimes things happen in a flash yeah. and they haven't got time to see what bit of the body it is var is supposed to be there to look at that and go you mightn't have saw that, Andrew, if his name's Andrew, Andy Madley, but that's hit his arm, and you need to go and look at it, because it's a penalty, the lab is in the box, it's a penalty, mm -hmm. and it's it's just passed over, and we scored, and the first time in commentary it was referenced was when we scored, and then, I think it might have been Jack Yelka was like, oh, Everton might have been a bit unfortunate not to have, find themselves having a penalty there, but they scored anyway, so it almost doesn't matter. And then later on, as the game went on, we saw them stopping the game for two Sheffield United mm -hmm. things that had clearly hit people in the stomach. Yeah. <gasps> it's got to go to VAR. Oh, yeah, that went nowhere near them. It's like, what's happening with mm -hmm. these officials? But we did get the goal, and the core I done, I'm mean, keeping made a good save, actually, good yeah, reaction yeah, yeah. save, but the core I followed it in, good knockdown by Onana. And we had our first Premier League goal this season. Yeah, I thought Onana did well winning the initial head-to-head and mm. Decore struggled to you know get hold of it and really hit the first one with mm. conviction. But you've got to give some credit to the keeper for I making that save at point blank. And yeah, like you say, it did sort of render... I mean, that was, almost, that was a penalty as well. The yeah. lad's got hold of his shirt yeah. and he just reacts quickly. It, it, it rendered the penalty point from before with uh, the handball sort of obsolete as we scored immediately after. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It still doesn't really matter, does it? No. It still shows a problem with the system and the problem is with the terminology of clear and obvious. Yeah. Now that terminology needs to go away because it, it shouldn't be that. If it's a mistake, it, if it's a mistake, it should be, has this decision 
had an impact on the game, would the trajectory of this game change if this decision was made or not? Well, it is made? clear and obvious, isn't it? Because it hits him on the arm. <laughs> it's clear and what you've given isn't a penalty, mm-hmm. and it clearly was a penalty. Yeah. So, therefore, and it was obvious. Absolutely mad. Absolutely mad. And I think it has got to change, Jack. I think you're right. It needs to be. The point of VAR for me needs to be to get to the bottom of it, to get to the correct decision. If the referee goes and looks and goes, now nah, doesn't lift his arm or it's in a natural position or whatever, fine. But, yeah, anyway. Everton took the lead and then we had a breakaway for 2 0. Dan Juma, it's a 4 on 2. Um, and all he has to do is pass the ball. We saw this on day one against Fulham yeah. with Abdelai Decore breaking into the box, roll it square for a sweaty for James Garner to knock it in. And on Saturday, he commits them okay. He's got Onana, he's got the core and James Garner again on his own. And if he draws the defender and just pops it to the side, the core can draw the defender and pop it to the side and James Garner's got a tap in. And Dan Juma shoots. And if you're going to shoot, you've got to score. Mm. And he doesn't. It gets blocked. And, you, and I'll be honest, I'm watching it there thinking... That'll come back and haunt us, that because it was such a good it, opportunity. Yeah, definitely, because it's a simple move to play as well. It, it's two mm. five yard passes mm. at the end of the day, two sideways passes. It mm. wasn't anything complicated. No. So you're asking them to do, and you're absolutely right thinking this will come back to bite us. I think we all thought that mm. at that time, because as bad as Sheffield United had been up to that point, you know that's not going to last. Yeah, yeah. They're at home, and if that scoreline stays at 1 0. They're always at some point yeah. in that game going to have a little rally, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And start to believe and have a go. So we needed the second. We needed to really, you know, put our foot on that game and take control of it. And we didn't. And as soon as you don't do that, you're asking for trouble. Mm. That's where other teams, Pet, just yeah. get games killed off, isn't it? Of course. And and and, and that's where we're talking about when we're talking about goal scoring. Um, when people talk about, you know, if you don't, if you'd scored the goals against Fulham and 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 um, in the last game Wolves. against Wolves. It's moments, isn't it? It's not just about can you hit the target. It's about having players who make the right decisions. Mm. And I think what we've seen of Dan Juma so far, yeah, he's got two in a week. But you can see it's it is that that decision making at times is quite a selfish player, and that'll get him goals as well. Yeah, yeah. But but it is that decision making, and we've seen that already this season, haven't we? We've seen that the Corey, um, you know, early on against. Uh, was it against Wolves or against Fulham? I can't remember. Fulham. Um, I think he could have done a sweaty squared one it, and yeah. squared it. We've had loads of opportunities where it's just to make the right decision mm. and other players have got good opportunities. And at that point, at 1-0, you're thinking, can we get a second here? But you're right. You knew straight away that that was going to cost us because it always does cost us. We don't, yeah. We're not a, we're not a team that, in general, rides our luck and gets results, <laughs> particularly not away. Mm. Um, it was frustrating. You know, so frustrating. And then we do give the goal away. And again, another... This is the this is where I am struggling with Sean Dykes mm-hmm. at the moment with what he's trying to do with the players. Yeah. It's that our midfield, as well as... It's like it's not all on him, by the way, because the recruitment of the midfield, they're all... They all seem to do a very similar... I know Decore is tasked with breaking into the box, but Garner and Onana... And the core at times just there's no like partner where they are. They just chase balls and therefore leave leave gaps. Mm. And this is what we saw. We've got the stills here, and 
We've got Cameron Archer circled on the edge of the box. The ball's gone wide. We've got Garner and Decore. And Cameron Archer's just on his own, edge of the box. You know, Jared Brantwaite is watching the cross. Tarkovsky's with um, McBurney. Nathan Patterson is where you want your full-back to be. And James Garner, I think Lamouche's on the outside of it. So... You're going okay, but who's I? You know who's dealing with Cameron Archer? Then if it comes to the edge of the box, is it one of our midfielders? Is it Nathan Patterson? Well, in my opinion, if Everton had a designated number six, he would be closer to Cameron Archer, really. In this instance, like I say, Onana's gone out to try and stop the cross. Take it on. He doesn't stop the cross. The cross comes in. Now Tarkovsky's okay. He's gone with McBurney. Archer's still alone. Now, Patterson's got a decision to make. Is that get out quickly to Cameron Archer? Garner's too far away to make the ground up, so James Garner, really. We take it on again. McBurney does really well. And Patterson realises now that this is coming back. And can he get across in time before Archer gets the shot away? We lay it back. We take it on. And he can't get close to him. And that, that's left Archer's foot. And I think from behind, you can see the next one, the final, still you get to see how much room he has got to just use, um, it's Tarkovsky, isn't it? Use him as the guy to just put it past him. Jordan Pickford's got no chance he's on strike. It's a lovely finish mm. by Art, and it's great set, great centre-forward play by McBurney, but you're just looking at who is picking up this loose man mm. in these moments. Is it, if we had Garner sitting or Onana just sitting Whereas your job is to be right in front of your centre-backs there. Would he have been closer to Archer? Could he have got across? Should Patterson have got out to him? But that's quite central. If Patterson goes there and Lamushi's running around and then James Garner switches off again and I think you can see Patterson almost like is he making sure he's covering him and when he realises Cameron Archer's on his own and it's those moments. It's a good goal for Sheffield United's perspective but from us you're thinking could have had someone. No one should be free to have a shot on the edge of the box. Well, it's a lack of defined roles, isn't it? All over Seems the team, be, but yeah. especially in the midfield, you know. Mm. They don't really seem to know who, who's going to sit, who's going to be the six. Mm. If you have someone doing that, they can be goal side to Cameron Archer and pick him up as he goes to pick the ball up. Then someone else can go and shut down the cross. You know, I think it should be Onana sitting, mm. but obviously he's, he's went wide to stop the cross. Maybe that should have been Gwe. Mm. Onana's sitting, protecting Archer. And then Patterson as well, he doesn't know if he's meant to come to the ball or he's picking up someone and someone else is picking up the ball, uh, picking up the winger mm. coming from the left. So, yeah, no one seemed to know what their job was or didn't know what everyone else's job was either. Mm. And that led to confusion and a bit of hesitation in a couple of key moments. And ultimately, it's cost us. I think the problem is as well, defenders are so, um, so unused to playing against two centre-forwards. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that. That's where the manager's got to step in and make a decision in who's who's you know in that situation. Should we not just go man for man then? No, the but in that situation, backs? Tarkowski and 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 Brantwaite are obviously kept the line, kept the mm. shape, and then one's gone in and one's gone off, and it's well, who, yeah, what someone has to make a decision in that circumstance. Either the manager has to go and say, "Well, you're man for man," or he has to say, "Someone sits." And this is a real problem that Everton do faces. We don't have a sitter. You know, when you look, Garner, what he does is is brilliant, but he doesn't play as a six. The last proper six we had was Gareth Barry. 
I mean, mm. you think about what Gareth Barry did and the way he sat in front of the back four, and that meant that he could move into the full back positions. Think about it now. No one really, none of our midfield move into our full back positions when they go forward. Yeah. So it leaves us. That's what a proper six does. That's why it was so effective. That's why we had the full backs we did and who could go forward. Since then, we're so rigid that our fullbacks don't go anywhere. They don't go forward. Big problem is because we don't have a six that could drop into those positions. And it creates these problems. Our midfield is all over the place. I seen I seen um thing last time before, I seen thing like last night on Twitter, um of 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 what Onana did when he played for his last two clubs and how how his heat maps were all over the pitch because he was playing in that position. And it's it's You've got you've got just a weird setup in there. Onana, I didn't did did all right on mm-hmm. Saturday, but I think he's playing that position doesn't really suit him and doesn't allow him to get into the games more. You know when you look at like, obviously when I'm doing my player ratings and I'm looking at the Ghana has so Ghana gets so many touches of the ball, mm-hmm. and you think wouldn't those wouldn't those touches be better if it was someone like Onana having those touches? Because we mm-hmm. know his range of passing is better. Yeah, he's a big physical lad. Like that's what his defined role is going to be. When you look at like players in around the league, you look at like you know De- the effect Declan Rice, Rodri, who's obviously the best one. These players, the effect they have. Liverpool have got this like mad search to get a new number six. Mm. Like this, you know, that's like the the be all and end all. And it's like, why aren't we starting to look at? Because Onana and 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 uh, a Disagana Gay could swap positions. Mm. And you could still get, I think, some mo- more out of them. Mm. I, I find it very, very strange. And it leads you in situations like that where the core just isn't defensively minded mm. enough to know he's got to drop off 10 yards. Where a proper number six knows what he's doing in, the, in, that, in that position. He knows he's going to have to drop off. And I think it's a, it's a big black hole in our team. Mm. So you've got this midfield that individually can, are all right, mm. but they don't function as a unit. You but just do you think, really don't. Do you think that Onana's got that the intelligence to do that? Do you think he has got the 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 know all to go and sit in? I I mean I think he has, but I'm just saying it's that's that... it, it. Put it this way: the position he's playing in now is not his position. It no. just is. He doesn't get on the ball enough, no. and I think he he drifts out of games and gets a little bit not frustrated. Not the right word, but I think he he's a player who needs to be in games because he's got he's got his skill set is. Of a player who wants to be in, and I think he probably maybe at times wants to get involved where he shouldn't be getting involved. And I think listen, it would be diff- it would be it would be like you'd be training on the job, but that's his role. He's been here for a year. He's he, that's what he does. Mm. It's not an he's not like an eight. No, because he doesn't get in the box. He doesn't drive into the box. It's not like a he's not a box to box midfielder who who can cause trouble at the other end. Yeah, offset mm. pieces he will. But how often is he really creating? He creates from that role anyway, if mm. he ever does. But I just look at that, how many touches he had. I think Tissanana gets 70 touches. If that was a nine having 70 touches, I think we'd have a lot more going going forward. For me, that's where he should be playing if he's ever going to play somewhere. But again, it's almost like this always seems to happen at Everton, where managers copied the homework of the last manager. And keep on doing what they've been doing, even though it wasn't right in the first place. Mm. And I don't, I don't quite understand that. I just, I don't, because we are. I think loads of people have identified this. How many times? How many times people get space between our midfield and our and our defence all the time? They find themselves in those positions. Mm. 
And that, that's why maybe we are so open at the back and why we are conceding goals is because no one no one can understand or don't they don't want to understand or do you want to don't want to take that up with that take that chance or don't know about this lad at some point we're gonna to have to put him in there because what we can't be doing is saying oh actually we're gonna push it further forward no don't do that that's not his job it's not his role he understands this position because it's that position it's the modern centre midfielder deep line centre midfielder he's got all the tools to play he's not you know, play him in there. James Garner shouldn't be playing in there. That's what he should be playing on, aren't it? Mm. He's got the physicality to do that as well. Yeah, it's yeah. It was a it was a bit of a you know we we identified that the other week against Villa. We should the Arby for the first goal, just a big pocket of space for him to go into. And I think it's just a kind of guy likes to go pressing the ball. He likes mm. to go hunting and putting fires out and stuff. Like I think you do need Onana doesn't press in the same way. But likes to tackle and likes to be strong in them areas. But he does like if you look at Amadou Omnana, he does want the ball. He comes and asks for the ball. So I always of the the train, you know, school of thought that your two centre backs and your, your defensive midfield player create the triangle <clears> and then he sits and then he, he can see everything in front of him and maybe that's now something. because what's happening obviously you, you'll get that centre back and they'll centre midfielder and they can drop in and make almost a mm. three and allow your mid allow your full backs then to be become course, into yeah. midfield if you have a double six almost then your full backs should go on but Everton the way they play and particularly when Ashley Young's playing you want Patterson bombing forward because he's the energy and the youth and can get up and down Young should be dropping in very much like when Carlo done it one of your full backs goes and the other one becomes the third centre back but you still want someone who's going to sit in that six role. But, we, we, you know, that's maybe something to look at. We, we then go and concede another goal, um, which was so frustrating again. And we have a look at, again, the stills for this. And again, I've got the Corey's gone over towards to charge the ball down. And I've got Garner and Onana in the circle, our midfield, and one ball is going to take them out. So we take it on. They're still circled there. It's gone up, and the lad takes it on his chest, and no one's tight enough. Patterson almost goes to to deal with him, but look how tucked in Patterson is. He's a right back, and Tarkovsky then goes, "Well, I'll go out to the lad then, because you've gone in." When really it should be the other way round. This is a flick. He flicks it over his head on the next one, and Archer picks it up, and Patterson trying to get back in now, and then Cameron Archer. So for me, it's three one to two for Everton. You know, and we've got, if you look at this, we've got our three players, Young, uh, Garner and Onana, and we've got James Garner here as well. So at this moment, it's almost 6v3. They shouldn't be scoring from this position. Well, in that position there, we've got two on one. They should be pushing him onto his left foot. Yeah, yeah. Out Both of them should be. Out but wide. Patterson tucks in and takes over Tarkowski's position, mm. and Tarkowski has to go with him. And they've done this weird crossover that I don't understand why they've done it. But why aren't they both? Why isn't? Why aren't Tarkowski saying double up on him and push him well, left? Should be forced wide into the wide area. Especially if we've got everything else covered. Everything's there. okay. You take it on again, and we're still good in this position. Except we're allowing the lads to come back in now. Everton have got one, two, three, four, five, seven defenders or seven players back. He comes in, and we do the wrong thing. We let him come into his right foot, which he's already just scored with. And Tarkovsky's got to be tighter, and he isn't. Take it on again. Oh, was that the last one? There should well, have been one more. Happens. There should have been one more. But he gets the shot to make it. It's the inside of the post, comes back, it's Pickford on the head and flies in. And it's because we haven't cut the shot down. And again, if you're looking as a centre-back and he's right-footed, you've got to force him onto his left foot. 
Tarkey's allowed him to turn and come back in. You're right, Pat. Patterson's gone almost in a centre-back role. Whereas if we're 2v1, force him into a wide area. So he has to hold it up. And then his next pass is a knockback to the winger. And you should be okay everywhere else because you people have got in. And it's those moments, Jack, that are undermining. Even though we saw on Saturday a better attacking display from Everton. It's no good if you've got to score three goals to win a game. Yeah, and these are the repeated mistakes that I spoke about before. Mm. Now, we've mentioned Patterson going into that almost centre-back role. The mm. reason he does that is because he steps out first and has to yeah. come back and make mm. the ground up. Now, he doesn't know if Archer's going to beat Tarkowski or not, so he has to um, play the safe option almost and go and cover that central position for if he goes past Tarkowski straight away. He doesn't, and then that leaves Tarkowski isolated against him on his own, not pushing him wide. He gets around Tarkowski and gets the shot off. And obviously, we didn't have this still there, but we all know what happens. The ball hits the post and comes back off Pickford's. And now, people might call that bad luck. Mm. What happens after the ball hits the post is bad luck, yeah. yeah. But the less control you have over the situation, the more room you give for bad luck to be a factor. Mm. There's a reason why, you know, we always say, oh, I've been unlucky there, Everton gets so much bad luck. Mm. It's because we don't have control over situations. Mm. Yet, it, it's unlucky, but... It was avoidable. It didn't have to happen in the first place. We could yeah. have stopped that happening far in advance. We could have stopped that happening if we scored the second goal. Mm. So that game was dead and buried. Take it on favour and go, okay, yeah, well, you know, we didn't and we conceded and just look at the attack in isolation. Patterson and Tarkowski, the two of them, they could have stopped this. Mm. The ball never hits that post and we never get unlucky. So, no, I, I don't subscribe to this idea. I really don't. I think we've got to make our own luck at times and look at how often are we unlucky and what happens before we're unlucky is there a pattern of us making mistakes in these situations mm. if there is then it's not really bad luck yeah, I mean we are unlucky but you're right we're unlucky with the end product sometimes and, and I often say if Everton didn't have bad luck they'd have no luck at all but you're right before it don't give luck a chance get rid of, get rid of the danger and if, Ever, if Tarkovsky and Patterson force him wide onto his left foot we're all right. We've got enough bodies back and we manage that situation. And we don't. We've allowed. We've just allowed the lads to have a shot and you put it in the back of the net. Don't allow them to have another shot. You know, and you're going, the kid hadn't done much in the game. He's had two shots mm. and the ball's in the net twice. And it's like, like, how are we not understanding what we're doing here? And again, it we shouldn't be so easy to cut through. It shouldn't be one ball, one ball, and the lad runs and it's, the, and it's in the net. It should, it, it's got to be better than that. And again, that's the the manager has to come up with the thing. Is it is it him and his coaching staff? Is the stuff they can do? Because I did think those kind of goals would be eradicated when he come in. I thought that was what he would be the master of. If it isn't, it's coaching. If his coaching and his coaching staff are doing the right things, you're going to have to pull the players then because they're not doing what you should be doing. And therefore, you're going to have to change it. You can't leave them. And just hope it corrects itself because we've had two away games in the Premier League. We can see the six goals. It's piss poor. Mm. It's awful. We haven't had a clean sheet yet. It's awful. And we're two one down in a game that you know you come off for half time. You're going how? Like how are we behind in this game? You know, and the flashing XG up and Everton are so far ahead, and you're like, well, we come out for a second half, and the attitude was right. We were on it. We were the team doing the advancing and, and we got ourselves level and it was a good goal actually and good build up play we've got a few of the stills here this is where it, it's come up James Garner does well and comes inside and gets Patterson lays it off and then goes Garner comes inside and 
because of the pace of Beto and because he worried them, <clears throat> excuse me, he's about to make the running behind and they start flapping thinking we're in, we're in trouble. But what he does really well is he bends his run. He goes to the left and, and then moves towards the ball. We see it here, the next one. It comes in, he takes it and lays it into Patterson's path. And we've got Amadou Onana and Arna Danjima circled here. Now maybe, if you're talking about the six, does a Drissigana gay run in with Arna Danjima here? Who knows? But if it's your role, you've got to do. We can see Garner at the bottom. But they, got, they set off on the next one. All we're asking is for Patterson to put that ball in that zone. He's had so many of these situations in the opening yeah. games of the season already. And he's, he's wasted a few of them. But on Saturday, he puts in the perfect ball. Just put it into an area and it's up to them to get on the end of it. Patterson puts it in right the way across. They're in real trouble. You can see from here, Evan, I've got bodies in the box. And let me take it on. And Arna Danjuma, circle. Great finish on the far post. And it's 2-2. And, and that's what we that's what we've been I've been asking for, mm. certainly, from Patterson. Get it out your feet and just put it there. And and they know then I've got to get in there. Defenders hate them balls in front of their goal having to defend it. And Everton have got bodies in it. And it's something we certainly haven't done enough, Pet, despite being in yeah, those it's positions. A really good combination play, isn't it? And centre forward play coming mm. off coming off the defender. And you're right, the defender didn't know where he was coming or going. Mm. That's what that someone like Dan Juma will score goals from mm. doing that. But you've got to have the ball and, and Patterson yeah. is Patterson and, and again the problem is that we've only got one one on one side. Yeah. Because we no one does this on the left hand yeah. side. You know, again this used to be our bread and butter from both sides, but it just it's been taken out of our game. So it's another way of scoring goals that we've we've cut we've cut ourselves down with. Mm. But it's a it's a great ball you're putting it and you're just asking someone to be in there and because Dan June will naturally go in there because he is a left sided forward and mm -hmm. um, we've got another player in there as well and he takes it really nice because he gives himself he gives himself the bounce so therefore and almost get you know gets his body so that if it hits him it's got to go on target right, right. and puts it in and, and it's a good run as well to make sure he stays on side but that's that's what we should be doing more and more because. It's not that hard. We've got to now. We've got a striker like Beto. You've got to have... And that was the disappointing thing from Saturday, wasn't it? The amount of crosses that were poor, the amount mm. of crosses that hit the first men. And we saw on Wednesday night that if you put a good delivery in for him, he'll beat people in the air, you know, mm. when it comes to um, when it comes to the goal. So there's got to be more of this. It's got to be more in, in, in uh, Patterson's game. But we've got to somehow get this from the left side as well. Because mm. if you're only doing it down one side... The opposition will will find ways to cut it out, but, of course, but it was a great ball. It was a good and it was a good goal, and we deserved that. And like I said before, we came out second half, and there was a real, there was a difference in this. There was a difference, and it shouldn't take the manager telling you at half time to work a little bit harder, to be a little bit snappier in the tackles. Second half, we we just got hold of the game mm. and started to make sure that we we weren't gonna allow them to uh, get a foothold and we really didn't and it was only like the first the last 15 minutes and i thought when our when our forward players were were, were tired and mcneil didn't look quite fit enough to get over the board that i thought we allowed them back in yeah you know come out good tempo got at them i might be saying about patterson there yeah, do it early so that the players don't have to check the run too often we get into that position and we wait and then we're waiting they get back the defense and then you're having to try and pick out a perfect cross then. Especially in the last few games when we haven't had Beto. 
where on Saturday he is a real target and they defenders are worried about him now because not only is he good in the air but he'll run you, he's big, he likes a little bit of a battle as well which is great for us but it, that's got to be the thing and you're right we just don't have that on the other side because A we've got a right footed player playing at left back <coughs> for now <coughs> Mikhailenko never really is that far up and that's I guess that's got to be the next thing is an attacking left back who does what Patterson does but for Nathan Patterson Get, get, keep making them runs, get in that and just start throwing it across and people will know to just go in. I won't have to check. I'm like, is it coming in now? Is it coming in now? Because the minute you hesitate, you can't make your run and that's where offsides come into it and all that. But if you're putting it across defenders, like I said before, they'll be sliding at their own goal. It can end up anywhere. It was a really good goal, good link-up play. And Everton had opportunities to go on and win the game. He obviously had the Dan Juma one where he was pulled down. I had a chat with John Blaine about it before and he's adamant it was a penalty. But it was a penalty. Um, even though it was, it happened outside the box, the rule is if it carries on in yeah. the box, which it did, it could have been a penalty to Everton. It's a penalty. You know? There's no advantage to us at all. It's a lovely move. Beto, uh, lovely back heel, Dan mm. Juma carries it on. And the rule is if you are, your shirt is pulled and it ca carries on into the box, it's a penalty. Mm. That's the rule. Mm. These, so referees make, it, these referees make it up as they go along. Mm. They make it up as they go along. That's, that's the rule in black and white. And they're always telling us that they can't do these things and this thing because the rules. You took your shirt off after you've scored. I've got to give you a yellow card. That's the rule. Well, that's the rule. Mm. Someone pulls your shirt. You've got to give the advantage to the forward. The forward wants it to carry on it into the box. You give him that advantage. And it's taken away from him. Mm. It's a penalty. It's 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 stonewall, and then the nonsense that went on after it with the with the the, the drawing of the line showed how pathetic that referee was, mm. like truly pathetic. Like I, I I just every week we're talking, we're not. It's not about VAR. It's about the ineptness of the referees and how they interpret the rules mm. that are in black and white. It's pathetic, and you're playing up to the crowd, and you read oh, off. Honest, you're there to just referee a game of football. You're not there to be the spectacle. You're not there to for everyone to know your name or protect your mate or whatever nonsense they come out with. Why do you get things wrong? You're there to give the right decisions and it's failed. We should have had two penalties in this game. Mm. It's as simple as that. And you know, we can we can you look back and you you like that free kick outside the box and you think, well, big deal that I got booked, big deal. You know, mm. What has done an advantage to us? We should have had a stonewall penalty. Mm. Jack, do you feel like that? or? Yeah, I mean, judging off the current rule, which I didn't know to be fair, but mm. like you said, I've seen it going round after the game. It did carry on into the box, didn't it? And it was yeah. a penalty. And it, it was poor from the referee the whole game, to be honest. As we mentioned before, that the situation where Decore got booked. Mm. And it just seemed to be a culmination of, you know, a, a few strong challenges went in and a few second periods. And it just seemed like the referee got the opinion of, OK, I'll let a couple go yeah Whatever happens next, I'm getting this card out the mm. seconds I get an opportunity because I have to. Otherwise, it looks like all hell's broke loose and I, and I don't have authority over this game. But you need to be consistent over what you let go and, you know, what's OK and what crosses the boundary. Bramthwaite got a booking in the first half for... Personally, I thought it wasn't a foul. You know, he got the ball, but he made very slight contact with it. So, okay, mm. maybe you can give it as a foul, but is it a booking? Your worst challenges went in and didn't get called as a foul or a booking. So, again, mm. it, it's the consistency and 
Yeah, you know, I thought he stunk the gaff out the referee. He, he really did. Yeah, he was he was out. I mean, I don't leave much uh, to bag referees out because I think they're all pathetic. Every one of them is a bit is absolutely rubbish. And Howard Webb, fair play to him. He's done a, an unbelievable job of making awful referees even worse. And the use of VAR even worse. And that takes a lot to do. So mm. I think Howard Webb deserves a big pass on the back there yeah, for, for somehow achieving almost the impossible. Um, it's they're, they're absolutely shocking, every single one of them. They're, they're awful. And uh, when you can hide behind things like they do and shrug the shoulders and then you get you know, the skeleton on Monday morning telling you that, oh, it's the right decision. No one made the mistake over the weekend. You know, We had this instance on the him. Sunday for the Arsenal game when Arsenal were awarded a penalty, which wasn't a penalty. Mike Dean was on the comms. Mm. Why is he getting rewarded for being a cheat? <laughs> and then he says, "Oh, uh, he asked them whether he should be sent to the screen." The screen, which I thought mm. was I don't. And thirty seconds later, said it wasn't a penalty. So he changed his mind well, with what will. the ref give because yeah, what's what the point? Did. What is the point? Why does Sky think they should employ him? For what reason? Because they, they don't, none no, but regardless, they never ever say anything different than no. the referee. Ever. And if they do, it, they'll say, oh, I mean, he might have got that wrong, but I can understand why he's. It's like, well, what's the point then? If you're never going to go, that's a poor decision from the referee. You're never going to do it. It's mm. what is the point in having the person on the panel anyway? If they're, if they're just going to agree with having the referee does, then you don't need one there. Do you? You don't need anyone to go to the referee. Yeah, and it, it isn't this thing of like, well, you know, we're in the referee's corner, so they like they need to be back. Why do they need to be back? Why is there a big thing of gotta respect? I understand it at grassroots level, of course, but I'm, you know, you've got to respect referees and all that, and they don't have all of this bloody equipment and everything else. And I'm not saying you should be able to badger the referee and run after him and be in his face and all. I'm not saying anything well, you like are the that. Badger, man. Exactly. Is that where you got the nickname? I think that's what it was from. Um, but I do think that they are able to do whatever they like and no one ever calls them for it, really. You well, know? from the broadcast perspective, you know, how they have a former referee and mm. they go, well, what's happened? And they go, well, my friends, this other referee has made the right choice. About instead just find someone who, you know, very clued up on every referee rule, everything like that, you know, knows them off the top of the head mm. like that. Obviously, a, a good speaker who's right for television and have them do that because... All of these former refs, they have relationships with the current refs, the friends mm. of them, they know them. They, they know how hard the job is as well, so you don't want to dig them out, and that is part of it. But which, it just renders the role pointless, really, doesn't which it? Which is literally what Mike Dean said. He didn't want to, you know, cause yeah. any more trouble for a well, friend. That's it. I don't think that... I, I just wouldn't have it, because, you know, no one's gaining anything mm. from it. Nobody, because they We've never say... Well, that's the thing, we've all got eyes. Yeah, exactly. We'll what... look and go, well, that's a penalty or that isn't a penalty. Mm. It, it, they... Yeah, like you said, I very rarely... As Marco I... Silva said on Saturday, they have... anyone who's never played the game hasn't got a clue about the game. Mm. It's as simple as that. Mm. You can stand in the middle of the pitch for 25 years mm. with a whistle in your mouth and still never understand the game mm. of football because you what, what your perspective is is the rules of the game, mm. not how how they affect the game. And if you've never played football and you don't know the nuances of blocking off and and what's, how to make a foul look like it's not a foul and all those things, all the dark arts that still go on out there, then how are you, you know, if you're not, if you're not in the club, mm. you're not, how are you ever going to know? How are you ever, ever going to know? You get told these rules and that's it. But 
you don't know what goes on in football. You don't know how things work. We saw Harry Kane's made a career of backing in and then going down, and yet still gets away, still gets away with it. Mm -hmm. Still got away with it in the Premier League. And even though the rest, what did, did the rest go home and just like not look at anything and go la 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 la? Even though just they see it on telly and someone goes, "How's he doing that again?" Did they never see that? They haven't got a clue. It's time we get. We there needs to be like a revolution with the referees in this country. Viva la revolution. Uh, when it comes to them, like get former players in mm. to do the VAR for a start. Yeah, yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And then just take it from there because mm. you can't have people going, I really should say something there or I really should yeah. give this, but it might get X, Y, or Z in trouble. So I can't. Yeah. It's got to be, that's a penalty. Forget about everyone else. That's a, oh, that's a red card. Oh, that's a this. Oh, that's a that. Whatever the right. Like we said before, move away from. Is it a clear and obvious error to we'll make we're coming to the right conclusion? But they I know the manager obviously wasn't happy with it. Listen, the game went on, Evan had opportunities again on counter attacks and, and picked the wrong decision. And the game for me just felt like it was there to be won. And Sheffield United didn't really have anything <laughs> until two minutes after the allotted six, so yeah. the ninety-eighth minute. When they almost yeah. won it with a, it was a good header from McBurney and it was a, a brilliant saving job and pick, brilliant double saving job and pick for them. We almost lost the game. Now we're all sitting there thinking we, you know, we've had a great chance of winning. Yeah, and you know Pickford's got a lot of praise for that save and rightly so. You know, fair play to him. It was a great save. Made a few good saves in the game yeah. as well, but. I think the fact of how good the save was is almost taken away from how disastrous things were. You know, we were this close to it happening oh, again. Mm. Again, what happens uh, with Wolves, you know, late on, player comes on, scores a header. Well, he had the... I, he he made the save with his body with about three or four save. minutes that's left, which was, was a great save. save as well. He was big at the far post. So Sheffield United in the last kind of like five or six minutes could have won it. Yeah, and what a disaster that would have been in another winnable game and another game we should have won to mm -hmm. have lost. And, you know, Pickford's bailed us out there. Mm -hmm. Fair play to him. It is his job. Um, how on earth, right, did Ollie McBurney header it and then get the second one? How on earth does that happen, though? Because strikers are alive. No, but, like, Defenders. everyone's just like. But ben Godfrey just got beaten here. I mean, we lost Tarkovsky with the, the ball hit him in the head, and he yeah. was a bit, you could see he was a bit like. And on the, co the commentary, honestly, that TNC commentary team need been they were they were abysmal, flatter than the other. Whoever the the he was the woman on it, it was awful. The stuff they were coming out with was it was awful. Though it was like stuff that was just the conversation level. It was just well, stupidity. Like Jags in there is just like spare and Jags had just come in every now and again and go, oh yeah, I'm, I haven't got a team yet, but I want one. And his mic wasn't quite yeah. up to the level, so you couldn't. And really, it yeah. was it was just some of the chat. I don't mind things where yeah. they're like they're, they're like talking and it's it's yeah that happened there and that happened there. Some of the stuff was nonsense, but they were like Tarkovsky went down was like blowing. Oh, they took him off it. They're clever by Sean Dyke because they know he's got to go off for 30 seconds. So they're putting Godfrey on because they might score because he's off. And it's great, man. It's like the lad's looking like he's in 14 different worlds here. I, I we haven't made, I don't think he did make I a shot for that. I did think, though, that Taki put himself onto the pitch knowing that that just just to calm because he was off the pitch. Yeah, but I don't think Nobody the manager put him, brought no, him. No, no, no. I don't think the manager brought him. On. I but it, I thought Taki did put himself on the pitch. He's probably trying to get himself what, to, a to, bit to of make time. to make yeah, yeah. give give it a little bit of time yeah, to make sure that it wasn't going to be taken. Yeah, yeah. Without yeah. him or without 
without yeah, eleven well, players yeah. on the pitch. So I don't know if the man. I don't think it had anything to do with the manager, and I said it was worrying. But but that whole thing they come from, like I said earlier, is that it comes from not having options on the bench. It's as simple as that, isn't mm. it? We actually you wouldn't have left better on the pitch really no, because he was blowing. Which is understandable. And Dan June was the same, and McNeil was brought on and never looked fit either. No, he was on there for just like a little bit of a moment. We were just hoping that he could wind his so, left foot up. So things were bouncing off, and that gave them. But just going back to something you said before, what what was the other time? Six. Six minutes. So how do you find six minutes? You find six minutes, right? From forty-five minutes, mm. and then find two minutes Additional. from six minutes. Yeah, yeah. How does that happen? They don't. It was. It's listen. The, the thing is ridiculous. And in the first half, it was what two minutes, yeah, and people yeah. were down three times, yeah. and he put two played yeah. two extra minutes or whatever. Bizarre. But you just look and go, Step what's bizarre. that? And then there's other games have twelve minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It is all not all of that's pathetic. But it was a it was a brilliant double save. You got that by McBurney, and he did react quickly as well. And I don't think he could believe it. Um, and yet, like I've just said, they could have ended up winning it. But we we coming away thinking. We should have won it. Uh, let's have a look at the stats from the game. Jeff, you like the 13 shots, Everton 16, 8 on target for them, 6 for Everton, 3 big chances for them, 4 for Everton. I mean, they're totally different than the stats I see, which was 5 and 1, but fine. 45% uh, possession to Chef United, 55% for Everton. Um, if we have a look at, we just mentioned Jordan Pickford, let's have a look at his stats from the game. Ned's kindly put a heat map on. Okay. Uh, six saves from Pickford. Uh, two run out to clear the ball. Two high claims. He completed five of his 20 long balls. And you can see his clearances in there as well. And like we said, it was a, it was a good performance from him. Um, big save when we've needed them to. He's unlucky with the goal we spoke about, obviously. It's in the back of the head and flies in. It's a bit of a mad goal, probably one he won't concede again. But he don't. I feel a little bit sorry for him. The fact that we we are just leaving him exposed to mm. to shots, and when you've made the saves like that, you really should be coming out on the winning side. And yeah. we've got to start being able to defend. You know, it was last week. Okay, there was a question mark against Wolves whether he should have come and yeah. claimed it. Other goalies, bigger goalies, probably would have, but. People shouldn't also be able to get goals side of our centre back, and people shouldn't just put a leg up to stop a cross without being putting some effort into it and things like that. And these are all things that they're gonna have to look at in this mm. break now. Absolutely. I'm working. One big plus as well on top of Pickford was Beto, who I thought had an excellent Premier League debut. I thought he was he really showed what we've been missing. He was all over the pitch, as we can see on the sheet map. He had 47 touches, which is a lot for a centre forward. Uh, completed four out of six of his dribbles at four shots, won fifty percent of his aerial duel or is it sorry his duels altogether, and also the tackles in there as well. And he the thing with the thing what I really like about him is his game. You know, if you want to have a little bit of a scrap, we'll have a little go with it. You know, we'll, we'll he stops and goes. He likes to dribble, and he's a little bit different to other big target men, so to speak. In that he likes running it, he likes getting the ball at his feet and going and. He was a live wire all the way through. And I guess the next challenge for Everton, and it's probably the most important challenge, will be getting chances for him, creating opportunities inside the box for him. Because I think in the opening game and a half, 
he's looked really good. Jack has shown us, like I said, what we've been missing when we don't have Dominic Calvert-Lewin available. Yeah, I think he's a great player, to be honest, and yeah. I'm really big on him. I think looking at his game, he almost benefits from not coming through a more traditional route with his mm. youth football, you know, not being around big clubs, because he doesn't look overly coached. He doesn't mm. look pigeonholed into being one type of striker. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, he can run with the ball, he's good in the air, he's got his hold-up play at, and, and he'll shoot from anywhere. Mm. And he's not elite level at any of them, No, but he's good at them, and he'll always give his, his best in all of those scenarios. Mm. You know, he, he can do a lot. And yeah, just having the option of a striker, that outlet, a striker who suits this team as well, means we can knock the ball to him, and he can try and get a flick onto Dan Juma, or, you know, mm. once in the team, Harrison or McNeil. Mm. Him and Dan Juma look like had a nice little thing going at times as well, and hopefully we can see more of that. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, Paddy, he has come in, and you know, it's too early to go, oh, he's hit the ground running, yeah. and it's he's going to be amazing. But I think Jack's right. The, being able to do, uh, he can do a bit of everything. He can, he can run yet, he can hold it up, he's good in the air. He likes a scrap, like I, th- I think that little run in the first half in- encapsulated everything he could do, didn't it? It was, uh, you know, the ball, the ball bounced out to the left hand side, and he, mm. there was a player coming, coming from behind him, and he just he held him up with his strength. Mm. Then he ran the player to who was in front of him. He stopped them. The player thought he was just going to kick it in, but mm. he didn't. He come inside, and and obviously with a little bit, maybe if there was men in the box, he would have just put it into an area, but mm. there was no one really in there, so he ended up going on for a corner, but he yeah. wins as a corner. And just those moments, and obviously big and strong, and we've seen good link-up play for the second goal as well. It's about just make, about making them chances, isn't it? Get mm. the ball in the right area, get the crosses in the right area, make him sure he's involved in the game as well. That's the other side of it. He looks like someone who won't drift out of games. How many times over the years have we seen Dominic Carvalho and ended up with like nine, ten touches, a half or whatever? Because because the, the gap between the midfield uh, and him is so big or they're not using him down the channels. I think the most important thing with, with him is that the midfield get a little bit of confidence that he will hold the ball mm. and he will allow them. I think Dan Juma naturally will because Dan Juma's not like he's not he's a he is a wide forward. Yeah. He's gonna drift in. That's why that's why he's looked a lot more threatening out there. He's gonna he's gonna drift in there. It's why it's actually why it's so important that we get a, that we have a left back yeah. who becomes on the overlap. On the overlap. Because he because he Dan Juma is gonna come inside, but you need players who are gonna take risks on him now mm. and join up. That means the core is gonna have to break more. And whoever's on the right's gonna have to break more because he's gonna he is gonna occupy those. And maybe that's that's what that is something we've been missing. And maybe that's why players are so hesitant to gamble because they know that there's so so many times that it breaks down and it comes back. And before you know it, you're having to go the other way and leaving those big spaces. And as we've said before, not having a natural six as well means there's no one protecting that back line. So everyone's like. But if we all go, then we're in trouble. So the need there is there's still lots of lots to be found with this team. As we said, I think a natural six, a left back will get forward. Patterson finding confidence to um to ha- to to just calm down a little bit. But there's good signs again. Brantwaite was excellent. I thought just mm. the calmness that he shows in the game. Um, you know he got that early booking, but he didn't let it get to let let it get to him. Um, having a, a good scrap against McBurney as well, who's a tough opponent. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought he, he was great in the game as well. So there are positives, but you've got to turn these games into... Because it's dead easy going, oh, we've only played four games, but then four games becomes five and six games. And before you know it, if you haven't got solid points on the board, 
you're chasing. Let's catch up all season. Exactly. And 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 you then you'd have to overperform. Yeah, exactly. Don't you? Yeah, exactly. And we've played uh, without being disrespectful, we've played three absolutely garbage teams. And that and people might go, oh, I use a garbage. Yeah, that's fine. I'm talking about teams we should be beating. On the day, though. On the day. Yeah, you know, on the day. Fulham might improve. Mm. Got a Wobie now. How could they not? Um, but they'll improve. I don't know if Sheffield United will improve too much. They might get a bit of Premier League now. I don't them. know whether Wolves... But Wolves, Wolves, Wolves aren't a good they side. Goals, and we've picked, goals. we've picked the points out of them. It's just... I just think it's on the day as well. When you say, like, these teams, right? People... Like lose the shit, but just on the day when you look back on the game, mm. you look back on sure each game on the game. Exactly, and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what else goes on. You're just looking about that on that day and on that day, on Saturday. Like I said, I felt Everton should have won the game. I did. We were in control. We've ended up Pickford making three big saves. That meant we haven't lost the game. So fair play to Sheffield. That was an even game. They stuck into it, but we've had opportunities mm. and we've had opportunities to kill it. What at I would say one nil yeah. and at two two, we had opportunities they, and wasted them. Their best moments of the game, they scored two goals. Yeah, our best moments of the game, we've only scored one game and they one goal. That's the difference. We had the other one, which was a lovely bit of play in the first half, and it come into better. We pulled off the centre back, got it, and flicked it around the corner, and Dan Juma was in, and it's like. You've got to lay that across, and we had another one, and it was a, it was actually probably the best move of the first half. It was a lovely little passing thing, and we got Dan Jumer in again down the back, and his second yeah. touch, his first touch, okay, his second one he hit it at the goalie when we had three men in. If he'd got a better touch in control, he could have rolled it with yeah, about the top. And he? it, yeah, exactly, the and it's those touch. moments. And I wonder if just something you said there with can we get someone going down the other side? And I don't like this because it. It's against Shewan and people in, but I just wonder if there's an opportunity at times when Harrison fits to play McNeil as left back behind Dan Juma. It's not Dwight McNeil has, has done very well. I'm just thinking of, or do we put Dwight McNeil in one of the eights and change the midfield up a little bit because we want someone to travel with it? But I'm just thinking of the left foot being able to get on the overlap and put balls into where oh. better is. And, and again, maybe that's why Maxwell Corn it was a was a maybe an option at some stage but Everton do and this isn't to have a go at like Ashley Young or whatever even Michalenko but Michalenko is a defensive fullback whether people think he's good enough or not he's, his skill set really is a defensive mm. left back Ashley Young is a good old head and he's a good pro and he's good to have around the squad and he can fill in and he's done all he's done okay he was okay on Saturday better certainly better than he was against uh, Villa and Wolves but he, you can't expect him and it was a hot day as well to be doing doggies up and down 80 yard sprints. But even when he does join in the attack, he's got to come back onto his right foot. Whereas imagine if we had Luca Dean, where you're rolling it out and he can just run on and put them balls in. Beto can come. And I think that will help, would help Sean Dyke as well, especially if you are having a Dan Juma who does like to come in and make it narrow as a forward. Do you know what I mean? And that's, there's, there is some hope there. Evan have created a lot of opportunities and haven't taken them. But like you said, Pat, it's all good and well. Mm-hmm. Having that's great. Great, we're creating a lot of chances. We're not keeping them out, so we're in trouble that way. We've got to now start scoring. If I want to go glass half full, we've scored four goals in our last two games. I was going to say, though, the 2-2 two, the two, two is becoming the... Uh, it's almost rivaling the 1-0 win, isn't it, for Sean Dice? He loves the 2-2 two, two away. loves the 2-2 away, yeah. But that's, you know what? If we won our home games, that'd be great. 
scoring goals away, picking points up. Take points on the road. Win our home games. <laughs> because well, I think sheet. I think we have only won. We've only won three home games under them, I think, haven't we, since January and we're in September. Three or four, I think, yeah. What is it? It was Arsenal, Leeds and Four, isn't it? Brentford. Brentford and Bournemouth, yeah, sorry, yeah. Four. So we've had four. So we've got to now. Arsenal's the next one. He's he's work, but he's worked miracles though. Whether he has, he hasn't, whatever. No matter what happens, and no matter who is in charge, you'd have to say the home form is gonna yeah, pathetic. sort ever. Pathetic, isn't it? Ten goals and it's pathetic. I don't care. Who, I don't care who the no, I'm it. saying regardless. The, the home this, form this is squad pathetic. Has scored ten goals at home, I think, since yeah, Boxing it's pathetic. Day. People think. People think. Um, Staying, staying at Goodison Park for a whole season when there'd be a new stamp, uh, ground built would be some kind of advantage. It's joking, aren't you? Let's hope. Let's hope there's a little bit of a turn. We just want to downcast them, short goals, and we, you know we've ended up with a point. We're off the mark. Let's leave it at that. We're off the mark in the Premier League. We've got two weeks now. Would have been imagine had that pick for uh, the poster in the bar and it gone in the net, and we've got two weeks with another defeat in the ninety-eighth minute. Would have been. Not bare thinking about, yeah. does it? Yeah. Um, big, big couple of weeks now to get go. get them ready uh, for. And hopefully, the, sorry, just before we do go, after this break, they should really have Dominic Calvert Lewin available, Jack Harrison available, Dwight McNeil should be fully fit. The manager's name checked Delhi a couple of times, so whether he's, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Uh, Seamus Coleman should be closer to to returning. Then all of a sudden, that squad: Michael Keane, Lewis Dobbin. We can we can fill a bench exactly. And but you're also looking and going, well, you know what? Dom on the bench and then Shimiti on the bench. And, oh yeah, I mean And then who knows what's gonna happen Saturday with the Mardi would have been today. completely different, I think, in the last fifteen minutes if you've if got Dom's coming if on. You've got Dom coming for on Beto. Or, or for better and, and you've got a couple of couple Jack of, Harrison yeah. or Dwight McNeil was actually fit and could run. Because he come on, he looked knackered, didn't he? Because it was boiling, and, and obviously he's just been thrown in because yeah, of course. He, There's literally the no one else, is uh, there? Yeah. It's funny yeah. though, you don't he didn't have to be fit fit, did he? Teachers bro. Well, he's got the, uh, the, the Deitch fit, like, natural trait, hasn't he? Yeah. He, he's, he came through with him, so he sort of got he's that. He's a child. Like, he starts of it. He's a child. He's got the golden you know, you know what apple. Yeah. You know what it's like when you've got a footy team and your lad plays for it? Just, <laughs> no. Do you know what I mean? No. It's just, it's just, they just get in, Jack. Oh, mine gets worse. Mine just... gets worse. treated worse. I'm full Brian Clough with Zach, with Nigel. Kept training's cancelled and he has to make his own way there. They both built, baby. You've got to do it. No, but hopefully when them players are back as well, it should improve stuff. But they've got to get... Just to reiterate, we've got to get the defensive side sorted out. Yeah. And it's not Nathan Patterson, or it's not just that. Yeah. It's the structure of the team and with that midfield. And hopefully if we do, the goals now having the likes of Beto yeah. and Will start flowing. And Jack Harrison will be back to whip some into the top bin and we'll be there. There you go. Full whippage. Full whippage. Right, we're carrying on on Premier for another five minutes or so. Ten minutes. If you want to become a Premier member, link is in the description. QR code's on the screen now. Give the video a thumbs up, subscribe if you haven't. Thanks for watching. See you later.